Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong. We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't, because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal. In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out. Hello and welcome back. It is uh, October and we know what that means. Basically, by the end of summer into the fall, the paint companies start to launch their colors of the year. This is a big marketing opportunity for them, something that some of us wait for with uh, anticipation and excitement, some of us more than others. I'm certainly always curious about it. I think it's always interesting to see where the paint companies think they're headed, where we're headed. How do you feel about it, Amy? Excited? Apathetic? Somewhere in between? I I guess I'd I'd say somewhere in between. I'm certainly not excited, but I am always curious. And uh, I love to have something good to bash, so it's always (laughs) bash-worthy. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, we're going to do a little um, gentle, light-handed bashing today, I think, possibly. So anyway, I get excited, but I'm easily excitable (laughs) about anything having to do with paint and color. So I do, I'm going to admit that, you know, Benjamin Moore did a countdown on their website, and I just happened to be texting with another color consultant friend um, who's Canada-based. And she was like, hey, they're about to do the the color thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get online. And so I watched the countdown. Benjamin Moore did a really beautiful video. Did you see it, Amy? It was... I didn't. It was a beautiful presentation. They really... um, High production value. Well, look, I'm saying high production value. You're a former producer. You'll have to look at it and tell me what you think. But I I found it really lovely. And it was just a beautiful... um, It involved dance and movement and um, a beautiful woman, beautiful clothing. And I thought it was just an incredible way to announce the color. Did it try to describe or explain why they chose it? It was more about a mood. It was not Mm -hmm. an explanation. So anyway, I do do have a little intel on the why, which Mm -hmm. is interesting, which also came through um, my pal Raz in Toronto, um, who was at the big launch party um, for the color of the year in Toronto at the Design Center. And the word she got from the Ben Moore folks was that, you know, they really felt we needed liveliness and exuberance and brightness and cheer this year. And I, I thought that really made a lot of sense um, to me. You know, these are still dark times. There's still a lot of suffering out in the world. And certainly to see their, you know, tight palette of a handful of colors that are all really vibrant. Um, not all. There's there's one muted neutral. There's a soft uh, violet color. I, they, they're feel-good colors. Now, whether I would put them in an entire room, um, remain, well, no. I, I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> 
I was going to say that remains to be seen, but I think the reality is I probably wouldn't put most of those really strong colors in their palette into a whole room. Maybe. Isn't it interesting? Sometimes they kind of follow the zeitgeist of what's happening now. Like, it, it, the color is hand in hand with how we're all feeling. And in other times, it's suggested, I think, almost like an antidote to what we're all feeling, which I think um, that might be the case this year with Benjamin Moore, which we haven't mentioned yet. It's a color called Raspberry Blush. 2008-30 and it is kind of a combo of a coral and a pink a reddish pinkish orange the takeaway is not orange it's this uh, extremely bright in between orange pink and red right yeah I, w- I ordered a big sample of it and it read more orange than I expected it to from the name mm-hmm. um, I was expecting something definitely more corally pinky but it it feels squarely orange to me, but yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm part of the color marketing group um, and I participate in their forecasting process and we look at colors two years out. So the forecasting that mm-hmm. we did this June that will be announced in November at the international conference will be for 2024 and beyond. Um, so it's interesting what you said about this sort of capturing the moment versus helping us to project into the future. That was the real feeling that um, that I, well, wasn't, okay, it wasn't temporal so much as what I felt about the Benjamin Moore colors this year, that they were, they were sort of a broader look at trends and feeling and and felt more like they felt more like a color marketing group kind of a forecast where like, you know, you could do your pillows in raspberry blush. You could do, you know, um, a rug that includes some of that vibrant green and maybe that soft uh, violet. But I don't know that you would do a whole room in that. It felt like more of a general trend look to me than Mm -hmm. a specific, hey, paint your room, these, your whole room, these wild colors. So, Well, maybe you're extrapolating, though. I mean, maybe as a color consultant, you and I also believe that these these are not colors that you could live with wrapped around four walls in a room, so that the only way to explain them, the only way to successfully market them is to use it as accessories or, um, you know, on an accent wall or something like that. I mean, for me, this color is even too bright for an accent wall, but I have a, um, I'm, I have a brightness phobia (laughs) in terms of walls I mean you can't get too you you can't get too bright for me pretty pretty quickly but you know it 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 begs the question uh when they when they pick colors which are not um considered easily usable and practical what are they uh why'd they do it um, and also, again, to think about you, you're doing it two years ahead of time for the color marketing group. So was Raspberry Blush chosen in the middle of the first year of COVID? I, I, don't, I don't know how far out they do it. I, my guess is not. My guess is that at least um, closer to the release date to get a more accurate response to the world at that moment. I, I, I don't really know. But um, yeah, I think their trend cycle is, is a one year trend cycle, basically. 
Yeah, I mean, because when you think about something like Pantone's color of the year, which is called Digital Lavender, it came out earlier. It's very lovely um, blue lavender, uh, fairly light. Um, Pantone colors are used for so many more things than paint, than uh, wall paint, that um, it becomes significant in a different way for um, home home design and fashion and product design and things like that. You know, you have, you have to also realize that Benjamin Moore and Sherman Williams and Backdrop and PBG, et cetera, et cetera, they're doing wall paint. So it's back to that fundamental question of how you're going to use these colors on, on the wall. So let's talk about what, what some, at least just list what, what some of the other ones are. Having Googled how to pronounce this, I'm giving it my best shot. Sherwin-Williams' color of the year is called Red End Point. I think you got that right. That's what I'm calling it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be Red End Point. Um, and it is sort of a, ooh, it's in between a mauve and a clay. You know, it's a really, <laughs> right, really earthy... We, we can call it Rich Band-Aid. Rich Band-Aid, yay. <laughs> Amy, I love your references to Band-Aid. Always so good. That's that's my original and oldest uh, color wound. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, re- I remember that story uh. you, uh, you told when we did our episode about how we got started. Um, one of the two newer companies that have come out with paint colors, one, one company is Claire. They don't have one, but Backdrop has got a color called Rubber Band. And if there ever was a color that was super duper bright, um, that's another I'm going to put in quote, unusable. <laughs> but did you color. see what they did um, with that, though? They declared they okay, so they made a whole big prank out of it and they called it the color of the year and they referenced a non-existent official color committee of the united states i know i was like who are these people and it's it's, i went it's a prank it's a it's a joke and there's a little there's there's fine pin at the bottom of the page where they cop to the the fact that it's a prank but they're basically saying this is the color of the year forever like we have declared this the 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 pinnacle and the final color of the year and after this there will be no more colors of the year from anybody ever again it's pretty hilarious so i think we know where the people behind backdrop stand on this whole color of the year thing they basically took the piss out of it it's hooey (laughs) so i i just thought that was hysterical yeah you can can see more at the backdrop website about that it's they're pretty I want to meet those people they're funny I think they'd be fun to have dinner with okay anyway (laughs) another another C2's color is called tiramisu which is more of a bronzy bronzy clay color and um Don Edwards is terra rosa which is a sort of rose rose describes it well PPG is vining ivy it's a teal bears blank canvas it's an off-white and Dutch Boy is rustic beige. And um, paint companies, if I've forgotten you or left you out, please forgive me. I did some hunting online and I just couldn't find any other ones. So the majority of these colors by far are warm colors, which, you know, I've been 
in Amy Crane's old end of the year design forecast that I do myself on my blog, I've been it's good it's a good three years now that I've been talking about really warm, really warm colors, and it's mostly um, fed into that. It's interesting that PPG chose Vining Ivy because last year was such a green um, green group of colors from almost all of the paint companies, and um, I don't remember what PPG's was last year. Do you remember, Amy? I do not. I know that Ben Moore had a teal and Sherwin um, had their... Everyone had... A lot A lot of people had muted yeah, greens. It so was evergreen really fog, like the color of my dreams. My my very most favorite gray-green. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Vining Ivy uh, and PPG stands alone with uh, sort of sticking with the the whole green thing from last year you know when i when when we talk about colors it's kind of hard to not interject a little bit of uh, color psychology and i always feel a little a little funny talking about color psychology because it's such a it's such a soft science you know air quotes um it it's so it's it you know i think it's really considered bs by so many people what psychology color color psychology um okay you know, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one because I think you know if we just kind of run through what people, how people generally they say react to different colors and the uh, emotions and feelings that we have from different colors, uh, the generalizations. Of course, we've said that many times before, but they kind of ring true for people. So it's interesting to think about. You know, it's a generalization. It's it's aligned with psychology, but you know how. How how mu- how much does it mean? How true is it? How universal is it really? I'm bringing this all up again because talking about these warm colors and what how warm colors make you feel, how they're inviting, unless they're too bright and then they're off-putting, but they're generally approachable colors that um, generally appeal to pe- people. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. I, I ask people in my questionnaire when we start working together, you know, describe to me the kind of colors that you like, but stop and think for a moment. Don't just say warm colors. We're not talking about how the colors make you feel. I mean, the kind of colors they really are. Are they warm colors? Red, yellow, orange, uh, you're brown and everything in between. But people, no matter how many times I say that, people come back to, I want my home to feel warm. Um, so warm colors really appeal to humans. And uh, we've certainly got a, a big round of them this year. You know, it's funny. When I work with clients, sometimes they're not actually aware of the difference between warm and cool colors. And I yeah. think we can get into this. I try to find a better word. In other words, if somebody's favorite colors are blue and green, but they want their space to feel warm, <laughs> what I, I try to relabel it and say, how about cozy? <laughs> Do you mean cozy, you know, instead of warm? Because, you know, they don't want brown. They don't want orange, red, yellow. They actually just want cozy. So anyway, um, I did look up that PPG color of the year last year. It was a soft aqua like called porcelain blue or something so yeah i mean kind of like three major paint brands were all in the blue green and blue green zone and we've certainly broken out of that uh in a major way this year so so let's talk about those warm colors let's talk about that that red end point from sherwin williams (laughs) i mean 
totally on trend. I, I, I agree 100%. It's on trend. I love you, Sherwin Williams, but I'm, I'm not a big fan no. of Red End Point. I, I really am not. It's it's interesting, too. It, it makes me think, Amy, when you said, what's the point of a color of the year? And um, I have a, a client I'm working with, and we've been talking about this con- concept that I, I don't know. I just made up this term, but it's like okay. uh, I'm calling it an attention loss leader, <laughs> which means basically you're not going to make a pile of money on this particular color, but it's going to get you a lot of attention. And when you take it out to market, it's going to generate some buzz. And it may be positive and it may be negative. Um, You know, I know Pantone's colors of the year last year, which were that pairing of a bright yellow and a gray, that got a lot of buzz. And some of it was negative. But it's, you know, I mean, what's that whole thing about, you know, like any publicity is good publicity, even if it's bad publicity? Right. so the thing is, though, I think I'm pretty sure that the paint companies say that um, sales of that color always go up. So it yeah. is besides the buzz buzz yeah. factor, which I right. of course is true. I mean, so how are they expecting that um, Red End Point and Raspberry Blush are going to uh, bump their sales? Well, do you think that I mean, so who's buying that paint? What do you what do you mean? Who's who's going to be who? I mean, okay, so their sales go up, but like, who's going to be buying raspberry blush? Is it people who feel like, oh, it's the color of the year, it must be good, and I'm stuck, and I can't think of a? I mean, like, I'd put that color on a front mm-hmm. door, raspberry blush. I think that would be. I just painted my um, front door bright pink. It's Mardi Gras, which is not as bright as it's not as orange. It's more pinky. It's very similar, but pinkier. Um, and I painted that on my front door this year, and I'm thrilled. I, I don't know. Like, maybe sales go up, but what's the reasoning behind those sales? Is it just because people say, oh, it's the color of the year. It must be okay. I'll try it. I'm not going to hire a color consultant because nobody's working in my area or whatever. And, like, this has the seal of approval. It, it's got to be good. Let me answer your question with a question. Think back. How many clients during a year or over the years know what the color of the year is or ask you what it is and say, let's use it? I can answer that really quickly. Zero. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I don't think I've ever had that conversation either. <laughs> I never even really thought about that. That's so funny. So I think where it gets the most buzz is in the online chat rooms. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be all about it. You know, I'd, we should go look and see what they're saying. <laughs> see what the what the response is. Or on social media. I mean, you know, certainly you can look at the announcements on social media and get some really quick feedback on how people are feeling about stuff but um but anyway i mean like that's what i think about those benjamin mm-hmm. moore colors it's like they're exciting they're fun they're great to look at it's a gorgeous palette i love it but man i'm not going to be putting that on my walls most of those colors you know but they make me happy i like looking at them they're they're they are attention getters you know they're really attention getters and i and i they're buzzworthy 
I didn't. F I didn't feel any cohesion to that palette. Like they were such distinct colors to me. I didn't. They didn't feel part of a whole at all to me. I didn't like them. Although I have to say, I rarely, yeah, feel much cohesion amongst ones the ones chosen. But um, I thought these really didn't work together so well, and I, I didn't care for them at I, all. You know, I have a. It's funny. My. Um my relationship to palettes has evolved over the time I've um, been forecasting with Color Marketing Group, which I started in 2018. Um, I remember the first palettes I created, everything went together perfectly. Like you could put it in a house and it would be beautiful. And what I realized is that's not what, that's architectural color consulting. That is not color forecasting. And I have learned over time watching other people with more expertise than my own and also, you know, growing my own skill set that those palettes, like a trend palette is, it's not necessarily about stuff that goes together. It's about things that kind of hold meaning in a particular point in time in a similar way with some balance or something. I don't know quite, I don't know quite how to articulate it, but does that make sense? What, what I do think is interesting is that when you look back over the Benjamin Moore colors, and, you know, I, I focus on Ben Moore because that's, you know, the bulk of my work is in Ben Moore. Um, and, you know, the colors over the past handful of years, other than Caliente, which was a bright red that came out, I don't know, five, five years ago or so, they've all been usable. They've all been great colors, you know. A G and teal, first light, metropolitan, shadow, simply white colors that, you know, have a lot of applicability. applicability. They're easy to use, you know, in our world. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it makes you think like they usually do that. And so it, it goes hand in hand with an increase in sales. So it makes you stop and think again. Okay, you wanted to say something. You like the buzz from it. But you guys, I mean, you guys know about architectural color. You know that people can't put this in an entire room. Um, so why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Powder rooms. Um, How about powder rooms? Yeah, it might even be too bright for that. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in my social media, um, when I posted about the raspberry blush, um, they said it would make a great ceiling color. And I and I in like a small room, and I think that would be kind of wild and fun. So I have a personal aversion to hot colors over my head, so I would I would not use it. Yeah, I like I like a bit. I, I think because of the um, the tie. Well, the the just because of, you know in the natural world it's a blue. Yeah, even a pastel. No, I I I don't want a warm color over my head. But that's really personal. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I did a gold ceiling in a dining room. Uh, dining room had smoky purple walls and a gold ceiling. They went with the curtains that the clients had invested a lot of money in and did not want to replace. So we needed to kind of pull that room together and give those curtains some meaning. But but I, I get it. You know, almost every single ceiling in my house is pale blue gray. <laughs> I mean, really pale blue gray. You can barely notice. But yeah. Bear, who's, you know, color of the year blank canvas is, you know, I don't specify bear except for every now and then, um, but whew, white. I mean, it's, it's so interesting to me 
to see this year of fairly strong colors, fairly bold choices, even though Red End Point and Tiramisu aren't bold, they're strong, you know, they're definitive. And then Bear comes out with a white. I'm, I'm surprised by that. Uh, it feels, um, I don't know, what do you think? For me, it's not just about the color, but it's about something that I always tell clients to ignore, which is the, col- the color name. They picked a color called blank canvas. And although I really feel strongly, like the color name has nothing to do with whether to choose that color for your space or not. Mm. I am responding to that white color with its name blank canvas. And so to me, it's a cop out. <laughs> it's like, it's like, painting some kind of cra- crazy abstract and, and putting it in the museum and saying it's untitled 10, yeah. <laughs> untitled 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's like, yeah, or it's like, gee, I don't know. <laughs> so I just think, wow, they missed it there. This is just not a year for white. I Right. Yeah. Yeah. A, a strong point of view. Yeah. A strong point of view, a strong positive point of view. I totally agree with you. I mean, we don't so we don't need nothingness now. We need some we need somethingness now. We need something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So and what do you think of that Don Edwards Terra Rosa? I think that's pretty darn gorgeous. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the color doesn't appeal to me, but again that's really I just I don't I don't like roses and I don't like mauves. Maybe not whole room gorgeous, but gorgeous. But that's that's just me. I mean, personal likes and dislikes. I'm not I'm not a mauve, and I'm 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 not a, a rose person. But I, I I see it as a very pleasant color for people who like right, that kind of right. color. Interesting. So one of the things that we've touched on before that I think may also be you know picking up some steam is. Not so much accent walls, but color blocking. Yeah. Uh, We talked about this when we talked about kids' rooms, where you had that client who painted a chunk of color. Was it in a like an arched shape behind the headboards of her granddaughter's beds in the guest room? I mean, super, super cute idea. When I was on the Backdrop website and I looked at their gallery, there were a ton of these um, kind of interesting shapes and freeform things that were painted onto walls. Of course, you know, they were painted onto white walls because after all, they have a big, I guess they seem to have a big following in L.A. Or yeah, something. they're from L.A. Uh, yeah, okay, where, you know, white is, <laughs> white is... Is the king or the queen or whatever. I don't know. Lots of white walls in L.A. Um, But I thought that was really interesting. And that makes me think about the applicability of these bright, bright colors that, you know, to use them as in color Mm -hmm. blocking. And I don't mean accent walls, but I think maybe accent walls are going to come back, too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you think? You know, I know everybody, they never went away for a lot of people. Just, just uh, me. Uh, 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 <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, they didn't uh, for me. Just me. <laughs> Another interesting thing about that is that um, I, I find it a kind of youthful thing to do, to paint 
geometric shapes or organic shapes or um, any kind of graphics like that um, on a wall. I don't know how many people who are in their fifties or later would do that. So I find I, I associate it with sort of a, a, a youthfulness. And so, um, yeah, it does make the ability to, to use a bright color, very feasible, you know, it kind of ties in with the whole coloring book thing, you know, like create shapes and fill it in. Yeah. I will say that once those shapes are painted on the wall, you're never not going to see them telegraphing through layers of paint if you decide to paint over them, unless you really sand the daylights out of it, which I guess, you know, you can do. But anyway, you don't think you don't think um, priming and a couple of coats of paint would go uh, over you it? Know, back in my early days, I remember painting swatches on things and I would do these nice tidy squares. <laughs> and yeah, they telegraphed through. So another thing yeah. I think we talked about was um, this notion of defining spaces. We talked about that on a previous episode, working from home and office and, you know, how spaces are becoming multi-use. And it does also seem to me that one can use color blocking in order to define like a little work zone over in the corner of your living room or whatever. And I could see using one of these, well, not for work, for sure, but like maybe a cozy reading nook or a play space or something like that, where one of these brighter, bolder colors could, um, you know, be used as a way to define a space. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes great sense. I think it could be really fun. Again, a more youthful thing to do, but absolutely. Right, right. You know, or even in a kitchen where you're painting your backsplash because you don't have tile and there's not a lot of wall space. You know, it's mostly cabinetry and, you know, you're just doing little little strips of color here and there. I could see yeah. using one of these really bold colors. Except for a rubber band. Sorry. I'm glad it was, I'm glad it was a joke because... <laughs> It's a joke because it's a joke. Except for rubber band. <laughs> it's it's it. Well, I don't know. You know, there's a couple of colors like that. I mean, Faro and Ball Orangerie is quite bold. Um Charlotte's Locks. Yeah, that is true. I love um the Benjamin Moore color called Gamboge, uh, which is that kind of macaroni and cheese color. And um I don't know. I I think they're kind of beautiful. I did do I did do an accent wall probably about 10 years ago in a color. I, it was gamboge. So maybe it was, maybe it wasn't 10 years ago. I can't remember if that, I think those, that line of paints was out, the Williamsburg collection. Um, so I did the macaroni and cheese in the entryway, just one small wall in the entryway. And these were people who had a real love for color. And, and it, was, it was gorgeous. So, you know. It can be done. Okay. You know, Amy, you're reminding me, this is so funny, that the last on-site color consultation I did was um, last week, the end of last week, and it was a farmhouse, a rambling farmhouse north of me in another county. The house had been added onto a few times. The rooms were kind of small, but you walked into an entryway that was longer than it was wide. Straight ahead, you walked into the living room, and to your left was the kitchen. Beyond that was an added-on sunroom. And 
this entryway, which was completely cut apart by um, entrances to rooms, was on two sides. This sounds confusing, but it isn't. It was very little wall space. But it at but the homeowner, she loves bright colors. And I have to say it was exactly the same color as Backdrop's rubber band. It was an amazingly bright orangey yellow that if it was on any more real estate than this tiny little entranceway, it would have been too much. I could tell just by getting to know her, she wouldn't have thought it would be too much, Mm. but I felt it was too much. And so she was having work done in the house and a lot of the rooms um, were being redone. And a lot of the house, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of the house was white. And then there was this pop of color. Her stairwell going upstairs was um, a pink, a pretty kind of shell pink. And a mural painted on, a beautiful mural of the Adirondacks painted on the wall. She faced laying in bed. So across, not her headboard wall, but across the room. So she could see this Adirondacks mural in her bedroom the rest of it was white and there were a lot of other white white rooms but she wanted to bring more color into it oh there was artwork and rugs and this was a very very full house but she really wanted more color in that living room so you walked into the house and saw this little strip of Velveeta cheese orangey yellow yeah. And straight ahead of you is the very busy, cluttered, all white right now living room. And she wanted more color. I mean, I'm not going to stop a person from living the life they want to live. And she, you know, she wasn't a muted colored person. So we did that. I walked that, that tightrope between giving her enough color but not having it be muted, but not having it be screamingly bright. And I gave her a few greens, actually. I don't remember which greens they were, but I gave her a few greens. So you'd walk into the house and you'd have, you know, a white kitchen to your left, a white wall to your right, a little bit of Velveeta around the frame, and you'd look straight into a room that was a very refreshing mid-tone green. So, wow. I mean, hell, that's fun. I mean, it may not be your own taste to be living with so much color or such bright colors or bright color on top of, on top of bright color. But I guess this all, when you started talking about color blocking and how do you use these kind of colors, you know, in fact, that entryway where there was only a little slip of it, you know, could be a place to put a color as bright as this if your predilection is to live with really bright colors, you know? Yeah, I will. I, I actually will talk to uh, clients about the view to another room being like an accent wall. You know, that if you if you have a view from your kitchen onto, let's say, a mudroom, and the mudroom is a really bright color, that's almost like color blocking, you know? Yes. You get this little yes. square, this little rectangle showing up. So there mm-hmm. are ways of doing that, um, that, you know, bring that punch. Um, notice I did not say pop. Uh, I noticed. Bring you that punch of color, you know, without committing to bringing it fully all the way into the room. So 
Anyway, but as you say, um, it's to each their own. I yeah. think it's yeah. fun to have colors of the year. As I said, I do get excited about them. I think they're fun to talk about. I think they're fun to look at. And let us know, listeners, if you're um, planning any red end point or raspberry blush rooms in the near future, we want to hear all about it. Please let yes, us know. Yes, and you then can... please. Oh, sorry, Amy. And then send us pictures. <laughs> right, right. We want to know. We want to know more. So um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we hope you learned a little bit more about applying color to the built world. We had fun. See you next time. Take care. Absolutely. Bye.